All right, three, two, one, action. See, you guys, we do not have beer today because it was pouring rain and uh, we just we went home and changed first. But welcome to Two Beers Deep with Deacon Greg, <laughs> while we have our glasses of Cabernet Sauvignon from a box. This is the classy edition of Two Beers Deep, apparently. I like it. I also am very, very thankful you gave me the smaller glass, because wine and me don't mix well. So yeah, I, I thought it was pretty, it. pretty unbelievable. So we are drinking our Chard... Oh, no, Cab. Cabernet. <laughs> I almost said Chardonnay. That you really awesome. wanted to do um, that, huh? Yeah, really did, man. Really <laughs> did. So, uh, guys, we're back. Audio version, obviously. Uh, fun announcement right off the rip. We don't exactly know what we're going to be doing Thursday yet, but there is no show at Scratch Food and Beverage for the live show. Uh, again, announcement. We'll make it on social media this week as well. I already did a letter to everyone that V like RSVP that it was canceled. No show at Scratch this week. So, Greg, you're stuck with me. Aw, so sad. Could have been in a restaurant setting. At least I don't have to wake up an hour earlier than usual, which is nice. Yeah, so I'm trying I'll to think that. of what to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It sucks that it's this week because the following week is the NBA draft. We could have done a special preview yep. for it. That would have been fun. Yeah, we could have done a lot of things, but um, mm-hmm. short notice is short notice. Yeah, at least I don't have to see Moorhead's face. That'll be nice. <sighs> yeah, maybe we'll just have a we'll have a live show here, and uh. I'll just get a case of beer and we'll sit in the living room downstairs and do it. I like that. Have a, have a nice have a nice ambiance atmosphere. Maybe have some people over. Make it look like first take when they go on the road. I like that. We'll do that. That's smart. Um, so, guys, obviously not much is going on in the world of sports except for, I don't know, maybe two championship games might be won this weekend. And if you also include a third championship, a prestigious championship, there'll be one this mm-hmm. Father's Day weekend as well, which has a lot of storylines going into it. But no, no, nothing much to talk about in the world of sports. And we were talking about the Women's World Cup as well yes, as we the, are. Uh, what is it, the League of Nations? U- UEFA. UEFA Nations League, which oh, I still do not, I, I don't understand the whole background of it. I just know Portugal won, praise Ronaldo and all that jazz, but that's really all I know about it. He's so awesome. He really is. So let's just get right into it, guys. I want to start off the show with some NHL talk. Um, we try to, it's funny because we started off and people say, do more of it. And we're like, we start the show off. It's not our fault that you miss yeah, it. But then people true. are like, well, I actually just want to hear you talk more about hockey. So <laughs> we're going to try our ass off guys. Uh, yeah. I actually watched most of the game the other night, which was fun because yeah. I thought it was gonna be the game. The blues won. I really wanted it to be the game. The blues won too, but they just Boston came out solid yeah. Tugarask is, is in my mind, the best goalie in the league. Um, or at least conversation. Yeah, he's just—it's so sucky because they went from Tim Thomas, who was such a good goalie, mm-hmm. right into freaking Tugarask. Right, and it's like you're supposed to like have some issues. Jordan Bennington gave up some garbage goals too, like early on. Too. Yeah, the he one, hasn't looked great. No, which is funny because he is the one that's been kind of like the catalyst for their, you know, revitalization to actually get to the yeah. Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so I. What I love about this game yesterday is now a lot of St. Louis fans are calling it a jinx from the St. Louis Dispatch. Oh, 100%. That story is phenomenal. And also, shame on them for being dumb enough to even post that letter, which is hilarious. Well, they said it was an accident, that it was supposed to air after they won. Oh, my God. And it basically obviously aired. That's premature if, right there if on their they, part. Uh, because this is a 3-1 lead, right? It was. Now no, it's no, three, it was two. It was it was three two. Now it's tied three three. So we're going to a game oh, seven. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I uh man, I'm rooting for Boston. I just want something different. I feel like I never see St. Louis be good. Yeah, but St. Louis being good would be different though, to be fair. Well, that's what I'm saying, is like them winning, them actually being a good hockey town. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's different. And I feel like every team like goes through waves of, of good and bad, except for a couple teams. And Boston's one of those couple. Because like when Nashville was really good, they're still good. But when they went against us in the Cup, they were really freaking fun to watch. They were. They had a good year this year too, but it's just it wasn't on the caliber that we expect them to be. And that's just because it, it goes back to what we talked about last week about how the divisions in hockey are so strong, especially in playoffs. Yep. Um, so do you really think that Boston is just going to win Game 7? I feel like they have way too much momentum right now. I think Bennington, who's their rookie goaltender, is shaken 
right now, especially after his performance in Game yeah. Six. I, I think that's Boston, St. Louis, just for everyone. Yeah, that's yeah, not a huge hockey fan like I am. Yeah, that's St. Louis. So uh, I think Boston's going to come into Game Seven with momentum. They're going to have the home crown behind them, and I think they're going to win, um, which is sad because I would love to see the St. Louis win. Same. Um, the other thing I want to ask about with hockey is, did you know? That in the past 12 playoff games where Brad Marchand scored, they've won all 12 of them. I did not know Isn't that. Isn't that crazy? That's that is that, crazy. Because he scored the first goal in game six. Right. And it popped up on the screen. It said Marchand has scored uh, in 11 other playoff games. In every game he scored, they've won. Wow. Now it's 12. I would have never known that. Yeah, it's a stupid, crazy stat. It is a very stupid, crazy stat. Because you would think like the times that they've been in the playoffs with Marchand has gone back probably... I'd say at least eight years. Yeah, off the top of my head. So, and to think that he only really scored in eleven, now twelve games, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, because really it takes surprising. sixteen games to win the cup. But to be fair, you should also point out too that I said that Boston has kind of struggled to get back to the playoffs the last couple of years. So maybe it's not totally surprising that he, they've yeah, been in so fair. few playoff games. I guess that's fair. But they did have that run for like four years. It felt like they were always going. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, they they were a very very consistent beast in the East for a while. But then like the last couple of years, they just needed a rebuild. I do want to add one thing that uh. I, I, it makes me very mad that I can't pronounce certain hockey players' names. Like who? Um, Petrangelico, um, the captain <laughs> for the Blues. Petrangelo. Petrangelo. Um, <laughs> I didn't like that. Okay. I didn't like... There was another name on their team that I'm just like, come on, man. Like, that's bullshit. That's not a real name. Let's see. Uh, Tarasenko? No, I knew that one because of how good he was. Let's look at their roster. Uh, Boomeister? I knew that one just because of NHL. Hasn't he been in the league forever? Yeah, Jay Boomeister has been in the league for a while. He was in Florida for a bit. I think he was in Calgary for a bit. Then he wound his way up in mm. St. Louis. He's kind of like their version of um, Jack Johnson in a way. Okay, that's which fair. is Yeah, which is kind of a, a cop-out on my part. But in terms of the cap hit, in terms of the fact that no one wants him, that's where I'm getting that from. Some Not of them aren't bad. I didn't. I don't like the name Mackenzie McEachum. <laughs> Greg almost spit his wine out. Yeah, I don't want to spit red wine out. <laughs> I don't no. like that Mac Mac. Like, I think <laughs> their parents obviously knew what they were doing. I don't like the name. Um, where's it at? Oh, Colton Pareko. It's P A R A Y K O. Oh, like, Parenko, yeah. It looks simple, but it's like that Y. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the Boston Bruins roster. Mm-hmm. This is the in-depth sports knowledge that people tune in I would in love for. for you to tell me how you think you should spell David Craig-G. K-R-E-I-C-H-E. No. Okay. Is he on? <laughs> yeah, he's okay. on. Uh, Pash. Okay. <laughs> this dude has an R and an N right next to each other. But it's it's P-A-S-T-R-N with a squiggle, A with a squiggle, K. David Pasternak. Pa- Pasternak. There's no. No. It's Pasternak. Pasternak. Because there's no vowel between the R and the N. That's stupid. Pat Pasternak, um, man. Oh, Krejci. K-R-E-J-C with a squiggly I. Yep. Um, all right. Where, there's this one kid on their team that looks like he went to my hometown. And obviously he didn't, but he just looks like a dude from Kiski, and I think it's hysterical. Is it probably McAvoy? It's McAvoy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew it right away. You knew. I don't know why. I just I remember seeing his face last night, and, and when you brought that up, I was like, yeah. Because Kaylee and I were like, that dude looks like he would have gone to... Like, he's ugly. <laughs> like, most hockey players, they're not beautiful, beautiful, but, like, they look foreigner. They look exotic. They look like a hockey player. This guy looks like a country music star, in all seriousness. He just looks a little rougher, a little more rugged, a little more truck, a little more light beer, which I'm sure he is. I'm assuming he's American, then, if that's the case. Let's see. He <laughs> is from Long Beach, New York. Yeah. Yep, he's American. Right. Yeah, you don't you don't be non-American with a name like Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> That's funny. All right, I'm 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 hoping it's St. Louis, man. But I agree with you. I think Boston just looks really strong right yeah. now. Yeah, it'll be a Ugh. fun game seven. Game sevens in hockey are always fun. When it's the Stanley Cup final, it's going to be even better. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, there's not really much else to talk about. And I, I feel like even with the Super Bowl and stuff like that, we still have some other headlines. Like with the NBA, we always have headlines, especially right. during the the cup, but or the the trophy. Excuse me, the Larry. But uh, anything else in hockey you want to touch on that's going on right now? I mean, really, it's just this. I mean, I can't say it's just the Stanley I mean, Cup because it's the freaking Stanley Cup. Finals, I mean, I'm pretty but. excited for the NHL draft, which is next Friday. Yeah. It'll be it's the day before me and you go up to Cleveland that Saturday. So, uh, uh, yeah. Next Saturday. Yeah, you know what? It's back-to-back, man. The NBA draft on that Thursday, NHL draft that Friday. Oh, uh, that's exhausting. Yeah, it's going to be a long weekend, man. I'll probably work Friday night. Well, what time do we have to leave Saturday? The game's at 8. Game's at 8. we got plenty of time. 
because I think Thoughts on the Bench is throwing a Fortnite tournament that morning. Okay. That'll start at 10. Uh, but it'll be done at 1. We got plenty of time. It's I a two-hour drive. Good call. Yeah. And we're coming back after? Yeah, I'll drive back. I'm not staying in Cleveland. Fuck that. I like Cleveland, but I also like my bed. Yes, exactly. And the people we're going with are crazy. Shout out to Dennis, who comes to every live show, and Funyak, and Harris, and all those guys. Um, all right, so let's transition over to soccer, now that we're talking about soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg and I are going to the Gold Cup game in Cleveland. The 22nd, we'll obviously be doing a takeover. I'm going to make a video out of that trip. Um That'll be fun. Yeah. But um, we just got pooped upon. 3 nothing by Venezuela, I believe. Venezuela. Yep. That's stupid crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's more surprising. The 3 nothing loss to Venezuela or the one nothing loss to Jamaica. I think the one nothing loss to Jamaica is the more surprising one, to be you honest. Think? Yeah, because Venezuela is at least a, a country, at least a team that's given us trouble before. Yeah, that's fair. It, it's just one of those things where you're like, I don't know. It, it It's disheartening all around because they shouldn't be this bad. No, but... I mean, how much, like, layaway are you willing to give Berlanter by saying, like, this is his first, you know, his club? You his set up on a walk to work. Yeah, it's his team. They're trying to implement his system. It's a young team, by the way. I think I saw that 16 of the 23 players are MLS players, which is stupid, crazy yeah. to think about. But at the same time, though, like, how much layaway are you willing to give a guy who took over after the job that, you know, Bruce Arena did to fail getting to a World Cup. There's expectations. Like, yep. we as U.S. soccer fans, we want to get back to the World Cup. And right now, 100%. what we see is just not up to par right now. No, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about Mexico's recent four-game winning streak against right. teams that have beat us, and it's mm-hmm. very frustrating. Um, I don't know. I, I, I put a lot of weight into the fact that it is a friendly and I try to try to think of it that way. And I, I put a lot into the fact that it is a brand new system and it, it, a little tougher system is what we're reading. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize how tough the system was until I saw the athletics video about it where they where Berlant was literally going step by step about the instructions for how he wants his team to play. It's like, wow, like see, I, I didn't get, see that. Does it make sense? It makes sense. But trying to get someone to remember that system is going to be tough. It's just one of those things where it's it's obviously everyone wants to be like, don't you just want a team that you send out there and they play well? Well, yeah, that's the goal. No, but that's never how it actually happens. Right. And I would bet to argue too that a lot of the clubs around the world too they probably can't take every single best player there is they have to fit in some sort of formation and some sort of style with it there's always going to be that type of setup too but when you're going into a gold cup that has expectations where it's like okay this is the new team usa this is the team that's going to lead us back to world cup this is a young team too that we're expecting to grow together and i mean there's the two two two-year window obviously till the world cup that's when qualifiers happen right but it's just disheartening to realize that hey the prelims to the or not even the prelims the 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 fun game right. going into the gold cup which almost doesn't even matter for USA anymore because it's just we we want to go farther in the world cup right we're getting shit on but no to be fair like the gold cup is probably huge coming into this cuz this is going to be a big confidence booster and that's saying a lot maybe because, but the last couple <laughs> of the last couple of years especially like all those years they qualified for the world cup the gold cup was essentially a throwaway it was one yep. of those things where it always came down to us in mexico and you could argue i mean so-and-so, if it won or not, it wasn't necessarily a big deal. But this is a big deal to the United States. This is a club that is on a massive letdown that needs this to get some momentum going their way, going into World Cup qualifiers probably next year. Agreed. So let's go through the roster here. I have it up in front of me, obviously. Um, I, I believe the shortcut number one goalkeeper right now is Zach Steffen. You also have Sean Johnson and Tyler Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, all, which I think is impressive, MLS guys. Yeah, and Zach Steffen's going to be loaned out. I mean, yeah. I believe he's going to be loaned out to a, um, I can't remember. I a German team. Wasn't yeah, it? it is a German team. I can't remember who, though, off the top of my head. I want to say it starts with a B because that's like the safest thing to say. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's Bayern. I know that for sure. Manchester City reportedly complete Zach Steffen loan. Yeah, that's what it is. And then he's going to go Fortunio Dusseldorf. Okay, that's what it was. So he, so Man U City owns him right now. Yeah, right? Man owns City owns rights. him. Yeah, yeah. Columbus sold him to Man City. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, but he's technically on Columbus right now at this second. As of now, yes, because I'm pretty As sure it's like a loan or something. Yeah, right, well, that was stupid. Uh, next, we got defenders. We got Tyler Adams, Omar Gonzalez, Nick Lima, Aaron Long, David Lovitz, Matt Miazga, mm-hmm. and Walker Zimmerman, and then the man Tim Ream. Yeah. I personally hate Omar Gonzalez. I just always have. Um, really? He got in a fight with DeAndre Yedlin once in an MLS game, and it was super stupid and annoying. Yeah. 
And it was just like, dude, you just got out of the World Cup, and now you're like trying to fight a kid that's five foot at this point. Right. I don't know, I'm excited to see Reem. I'm excited for this. I, I, we have decent defenders coming in here, yeah. very, very MLS-driven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but some nice little foreign flair there with Tyler Adams and Tim Reem. I'm excited to see Miazga play for the U.S. team too because this is a he guy— He hasn't really played, has No, he? he's been— he He's was, got 13 caps and one goal. He was sold to Chelsea, and I believe Chelsea loaned him out to like a lower-level club to get him playing time. And I think he also played some time with the under-23s yeah. as well. So he yeah. hasn't gotten a lot of professional experience but he's definitely someone that could be a huge building block for them. worries me with his growth, to be honest with you. And I don't know. I'm sure that Chelsea fans would know more. I'm sure that diehard USA followers would know more than me. Right. It just worries me with his growth because he was an early goer to Chelsea and he never seemed to break into the lineup for the USA team. Yeah, that's fair. So let's get to the midfielders. we got six of them. Michael Bradley, who has 145 caps. That's unbelievable. He's the new Captain America, Um, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Holmes plays for Derby County. Weston McKinney. Christian Rolden, Will Trap, and then the god himself, Christian Pulisic. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm excited to see Weston McKinney and Pulisic play together, but realistically, this is Pulisic's time to shine. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He is the guy that is going to be the face of U.S. soccer for the next few years. It is it is going to bend or break based off of his performance in this Gold Cup to see how well he does. How old is he right now? Do you know? He's young. I think he's like 20, probably 23. He might be younger than that, I think honestly. he's 25. He might be younger than that, honestly. Let's see. If I'm oh, he's twenty. Oh God. <laughs> so it's funny because you look at that. You look. He's gonna be twenty-two at the World Cup. Yeah. He's gonna be twenty-six at the next World Cup. Yeah. He's gonna be thirty and then thirty-four. So right. we, we realistically we make need it five him. World Cups, six maybe out we, of Pulisic. We need him to. He show needs to be up. a cognate part Absolutely, of that piece. Yeah. Yes. And I think he can do it. I, I mean, he's the best American. I think he'll go down as the best American ever. Um, just because his recent loan to Chelsea where he'll actually be a starter. He, mm-hmm. he was on Dortmund where he actually played. Yeah. Um, and he did the route that everyone should do if you're serious about this game. Right. Which is leave early, go to an academy at a young age, and train your ass off and learn some German. Yeah. There's a lot of guys on the under-20 team that were in the under-20 World Cup that I did not realize were playing for bigger clubs. Like, I think there's one in Barcelona. There's one in wow. Bayern. There's one in... Um, I think there's one in um, Borussia Dortmund, too. That's unbelievable. It, yeah, there's a lot of guys who are in international academies right now. That's crazy. So let's go into the forwards. Tyler Boyd, not of the Bengals. Fun fact. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Paul Ariola, Jonathan Lewis, and then three guys that I know we're going to talk about more. So Josie Altidore. Yep. He's getting up there in age. <sighs> he has 110 caps, only 41 goals, which like only, I say only, but at the same time, he's been our striker forever. But also at the same time, too, he had to split time with Landon and Clint Dempsey and, um, yeah, but he was and Bobby the Wood. center striker. Yeah, Bobby Woods is a big one. Bobby Wood is not playing, though. But he's I, not. But I think it's also because he had a really bad Bundesliga year. Yeah. Yeah. Then we go over to uh, Gaisei Zardes. Zardes is mm. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He's he so has good. always been the MLS guy. He has been. Like. Uh, he's on Columbus Crew right now, 44 caps with seven goals. And then the name of the guy that I at one point thought was going to be what Pulisic is, and that is Jordan Morris, mm-hmm. Seattle Sounders, 27 caps, five goals. I believed when Jordan Morris was at, and the reason I know his story a little bit more than others is because we had a guy in Pittsburgh called Zach Bertier, mm-hmm. played for Beatling, who got a full ride to Stanford. So when he was at Stanford, he was teammates with Jordan Morris. Right. That was Jordan Morris's year where he was player of the year. Right. Got drafted first overall, I believe, to the no, Sounders. No, he, was it? Uh, no, no. He, was, uh, he came from the Seattle Sounders Development Academy. So he had... He had to make that decision. Right, right. That's so right. He, he had to choose whether to play for Seattle or he had like opportunities in Europe. Overseas. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had like a contract with uh, Werder Berman, I believe. That's right. Mm-hmm. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of injuries. A lot of injuries. Torn ACL, yeah. We missed him like, all last year. He could have helped out so much in that qualifying stage. Yeah. Are you surprised Josh Sargent didn't make it? Um, yeah. I, there's a lot of question marks with this team. And it, it's just one of those things where you're like, guys that didn't make mm-hmm. the team. It, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I am, but at the same time, who do you pull off? I mean, I know DeAndre Yedlin and Cameron Carter-Vickers are injured right now, so that's why yeah, they're Carter not Yeah, Carter-Vickers is the big name, I yeah. believe, that everyone I know John notices. Brooks is injured, too, so I know John that's Brooks, what, yeah. Yeah, so I know he's injured. That's why he's not playing. But, yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't take Josh Arjun because I feel like this would have been a good development experience for him because yeah. he is a guy that I think a lot of people have pro you know thought of to be the next big striker for them um i'm not surprised bobby wood didn't make it because i i did hear that he had a really bad bundesliga year this yeah. year so he's probably off time i am yeah. very happy though 
that they have finally gotten off of the Aaron Johansson bandwagon. <laughs> I am so really? happy. Yeah, because for God's sake, they have tried for so many years to make him the premier striker for them, and it just has not worked. I think I don't know, like because I, I get it. They tried it at the World Cup, but you got to try things in a sense. Because imagine if um, Julian Green would have worked out. I mean, like, he did score a goal in the World Cup. So. Yeah, he scored. A th- we were down three goals, and he, he scored. Still won. He still. The did. point is, though, we took jo- we took Julian Green to that World Cup so that Germany couldn't have him if he got good. We right. left Landon Donovan at home, which was a clear cut position of what can you do for me now versus later. And they put Julian Green in to score, but at the same time, he, he played meaningless minutes. That's true. I don't always enjoy that game. But with Johansson, he showed a lot of promise, and we put him in the lineup, mm-hmm. and he was serviceable at some points and terrible at others. So I, I mean, get it. But I mean, I don't enjoy that game because Chris Wondolowski blew it for us. Wondolowski, I hate. Yeah, yeah, I hate Wan- that guy. is also the leading Wide goal. Open. Sc- He's the leading goal scorer in all of MLS. He's a piece of shit. I know. Uh, Belharter on why Altador and Zardes are two strikers over Sargent. It's a simple reason. We think they're ahead of him right now. We have to do what we felt was best for the team right now, and that's the decision that we made. Sargent will be on the U.S. national team. I think so, too. I think he's just going to take some more time to develop with that because right now Altador is is the most physical player that we have on that team, and you've seen it on the field. He's a man among boys. Yeah. And Zardes has just had a great year so far. He's had a great international career, too, I feel like. He's gotten a lot of chances, and I think this is his time to actually prove himself. Yeah, I think I think Zardes is kind of slept on in a sense because he is so MLS-driven, and mm-hmm. it comes down to the fact that, like, He's just a good player. Right. He's just flat out good, man. Yeah. I think for the longest time, he was always thought of to be the next guy to leave over Europe. But, I mean, he gets some knocks because he's an MLS guy. But at the same time, though, I mean, if you watch him play, I feel like he's still a dynamic player that can add a lot to the game. So here's another situation kind of like the Julian Green one. I did not know this before reading this article. Mm -hmm. Um, Forward Tyler Boyd. Hey, he hasn't played for the U.S. national team yet. Boyd is a citizen of New Zealand and the United States. Oh, he's one of those dual guys. So my understanding right now is that he is picking the United States. That's why they took him over Sargent. Okay, so they're trying to essentially lure him over. Well, if you play, I don't know if it's the World Cup or just play a certain amount of games, you're claimed. I don't know because I, because I swear Julian Green played some time with the German national team. I remember someone After that World Cup or before? No, before that. Okay. And then I'm pretty sure... I think some, it was under 21. And then I'm pretty sure the US and Mexico were competing for a player yep. as well. And I can't remember who it was. Mexico, he though, picked Mexico. He picked Mexico. was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about dual citizenship and I think it's about the caps you have or mm-hmm. like the legitimacy of those caps. Mm-hmm. I actually don't go too, 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 too much into it, but... Um, mm-hmm. something along those lines. I try to read as much as I can into the U.S. like situation just because I'm always intrigued by like their selection process and trying to figure out like some so of the guys different. that we can look at. It. Yeah, it's very different. Between managers especially, it's so different. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to bet you that the majority of those guys that are on this roster right now, Jurgen would not have picked. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the Women's World Cup a little bit. USA doesn't play till tomorrow. Which is such a long layoff. This is the first time they've ever been in the last group, which they say is terrible because it's they're just sitting there waiting, Mm -hmm. Um, which is seriously annoying. (laughs) They play tomorrow against Thailand, though. They're heavy favorites. Yeah. Have you watched any games really yet? Not yet. No, I really haven't paid as much attention as I like because I didn't realize that I I kept waiting for the U.S. team to start playing, and then every time I was on Fox, I kept seeing stuff that was like France versus Nigeria or something like that. And it's like, what the hell? To go through some of the heavier games that have happened, uh, France beat South Korea four nothing, the host nation France, and Germany, the second favorite, beat China one nothing. Okay. Uh, Brazil beat Jamaica three nothing with uh, Marta, and then. Italy beat Australia 2-1. England, their team looks amazing also. They won 2-1 over Scotland. And then Canada, who is always a perennial powerhouse, beat Cameroon one nothing. The other team that's interesting for me is Japan. They're always there. Yeah. They tied Argentina 0-0. They beat the U.S. in the gold, in the gold medal round, I believe, uh, eight years ago? Maybe. I believe so. Because it was, it was around the time that the earthquake hit Japan. Didn't we also put the Carly Lloyd four-goal eight-goal win a couple years ago over Japan? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, My memory's foggy with that stuff. Well, I mean, they always have a solid team. But Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow you have 9 a.m. New Zealand, Netherlands, 12, Chile, Sweden, and then 3 o'clock United States versus Thailand. That's cool. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then you got the next game for the United States is against Chile. Mm -hmm. And then the final game is against Sweden. It's crazy that the women's program is so far and ahead of anything that the men's team has been able to accomplish. But then again... 
I mean, if you look at the professional outlets that there are, I mean, I feel like if you can dedicate so much time to it, like the women's team can, it's no wonder yeah. they're this good. I never want to cut down anything that someone accomplishes, right. but in a sense, um, the competition between sports for men in America, I think is draw, like it, it's more driven towards football right? Um, in a sense that soccer's always 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 the fourth option that's true uh, for women's sports obviously the big ones i mean gymnastics is massive in the united states uh softball is massive volleyball is massive uh but soccer seems to be the predominant favorite anymore mm-hmm. uh basketball obviously massive as well with the WNBA and their success but uh, soccer i think is our number one women's sport not mm-hmm. just because of the success but yeah. the amount of people that do it and there are certain pro clubs that are very very popular and have a good following like portland yes. thorns my God, yes. they're they're they sell out almost every game. Well, and you get certain entities like uh, Sydney Larue, and you have Alex Morgan, you have Abby Wambach, right? You have, you have these characters. You have of characters. Humans. They come up and they become you know larger than life icons for women, and not just women, but also like in pop culture. Yep, look and at and to have role models. Um, because there aren't, like, our role models in soccer, like mine, would be Iker Casillas growing up. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, and you're like, that's not American. And if I had to pick an American soccer player that was a role model, you go with the obvious Landon Donovan. But right. with women's soccer, the role models are definitely more country-based than club-based. But mm-hmm. in the United States, we have the best. Absolutely. So you can have a lot of role models in there. Absolutely. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, nope, excited to see the game tomorrow. Anything else in the World Cup you want to touch on? No, nothing. I really need to start watching because I actually am I'm getting the itch right now to start watching some American soccer. I'm just getting the itch to watch the World Cup, mm-hmm. and I haven't. Uh, it was actually two years ago, the Men's World Cup, when I started a burner. I watched almost the entire World Cup out in the uh, hall area, which, which is so funny. Which is funny because it's the one that the U.S. was not in that you were so invested in, too. Yeah, well, sucked. that and also you wanted to beat me and Josh really badly. I destroyed you, you and did. Josh. You did. Um, so let's move on. Let's get to a little basketball here. Uh, Warriors are on the cusp of losing, man. I, we're about to see, I think, arguably the greatest one-and-done season in the history of the NBA. Yeah, you, I don't think it's even close. You were dead set on the fact that once the Raptors win this, Kawhi is walking. And honestly, yeah. you're right there. But this this game has so many more storylines now after the announcement that KD is going to be playing. This, is, this has so many implications right now because you could look at this. KD is taking a massive risk right now on this where he could come up with this and say, if I return to the Warriors and he wins a championship and able to come back three games and win, that's huge. Durant is going to make bank this summer just from that alone. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get an offer of a max no matter what. Yeah, like, but even if Kevin Durant, say he got hurt in the next game, knock on wood, right. and he was out until midway through next season, he's still getting a max offer. Was this wood, by the way? It's There's plywood underneath it. It's laminate. Okay, it counts then. Just yes, wasn't sir. sure. <laughs> um, but no, it's one of those things where it's like no matter what KD does, he's going to get a max deal, which it, it's kind of funny because a lot of the Warriors players – seem to not understand how it's taking Katie this long to get back. I, There's been a lot of frustration Oh, there. he's been milking this because he realized that you don't need me, I'm going to win a championship, and I'll be out. But no, he sees the opportunity realizing my team's down 3-1. If I come back and I'm able to win a championship, that says a lot about how much of a difference maker I am. He could... He'll get a max no matter where he goes, but he'll have just a massive market now for this. Yeah. But Kawhi, on the other side of this too, Kawhi could potentially see the threat of realizing that my payday is going to be ruined if KD comes in and steals this from me. <laughs> you think? Yeah. You don't think a team offers Kawhi a max deal no matter I think what? It, I think they'll offer him a max deal, but at the same time, though, like you touched on this, if Kawhi wins a championship, we you are dead set on the belief that he is not coming back. If KD comes back and steals a championship from the Raptors after all the work that Kawhi did, True, that, but that's going to do a lot to damage. Well, him. What I'm saying is, no matter what, the both of these guys are going to get max contracts with mm-hmm. whatever team they yeah. go to. But in terms of like the mindset yeah, that could come true. out from this, I mean, there's going to be so many storylines that could go from this. Yeah, I get that. Um, and it's super funny to realize that like Katie finally has a chance to prove how good he is, in my opinion, because he, does. he hasn't once yet. Because he got blown out with uh, in the finals with the big three with Russ and with Russ Harden. and Harden, yeah. Um, and then they went back. They got uh, beat after being up on Golden State three games. They lost. Um, he left. None of the rings have really been because of him. It feels like because of have, that seventy nine win season. Does he have one or two? Two. Oh, he has two. Okay. So like most of it was, you would argue more because of the Splash Brothers than anything. Although, well, yeah. although the one that he was MVP in the finals, that was a very very great performance that he had there. Yeah, but also when you're a seven foot center that plays like a shooting guard, you should have that kind of. I know I should. That's true. It's the NBA Finals. He's the best uh, player 
I don't know. Give me your top five in the NBA right this second because I have an issue with Stephen A's top five. Okay. Give me your top five players in the NBA right this second now. Okay. Ranked, of course. Okay. Uh, I'll go Giannis. I'll go Kawhi. I'll go AD. I'll go... Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to go I'll go, I'll go I'll go uh there's two big ones. I'll go Paul George just cuz of the <laughs> season. He had a good season, man. He had a great season. All right, who are you leaving out? Uh well, I, I'm trying to think of my fifth one first off. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm um it's in no particular order by the way. I'm just freeballing. Um Wait, wait. No, what am I thinking? I'll take Paul George out. I'll put um I'll put Joker in, and then I'll put... What? Well, yeah. What do you have against Joker? Give me your last guy. I'll go Dame. Okay, so you left out Steph and KD. As of right now, as of what I've seen so far, that's what I'm going with. Okay, but you left out Steph and KD. KD hasn't played, man. <laughs> KD is seven foot. And he hasn't has played. the best three-point shooter of anyone that's ever been over 6'6". He hasn't played. What do you wow. want me to do? Because he's, I mean, dude, he's, I mean, okay, well, here's a question. Okay. When's the last game Anthony Davis played? Fair point. Like, he hasn't played in a little while. Yeah, I, but you're, you're telling me to go top five. I'm using top five based off of I mean, overall talent. Though. What about Harden? Oh, that's fair. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Damon. I think Joker is, he's there, but he's not there. The season like, that he had was Joker crazy. Joker is, if all of the best players are at a table, Joker is like, the next, or if they're on a VIP section, yeah. Joker's next in line to let in as soon as someone leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great way to think of him, actually. I didn't even what about LeBron? A... Not after this year. Me neither. Mm. I think he's a bum. Uh, no, okay, so Stephen A. Smith did, I think it was KD, Giannis, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. He left out Steph. Mm-hmm. You know my love for Anthony Davis. I do know your love for Anthony Davis. He's not top five right now. Mm, that's fair. Um, mainly because of injuries and mainly because of his mindset, mainly ability is different than top five. All right. Uh, and I think you can say you agree with that. Yeah. The ability of someone like Michael Carter Williams does not match what Michael Carter Williams has done with his ability as a passer. That's a great, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like there's certain guys that just don't actually do what you think they're going to do ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, I, I'll tell you what. I love, and I still stand by my comment about Anthony Davis. Okay. But if he doesn't change his mindset and his attitude with the next place he goes to, he's dangerously close to Dwight Howard territory for me. That's fair. My issue with it is that Dwight Howard was a real goofball when he was in Orlando, though. Like, I... I Anthony Davis, what really screwed him was that he wasn't moved when he thought he was going to move, and he had to play in that environment. That's fair. It wasn't like, and with Howard, it was like he was trying to make the best out of a bad situation, but he kept clowning himself and didn't make himself seem serious. Anthony Davis, I've never considered him a clown, at least once as he's played. I've always considered him someone that I should fear if I'm on the basketball court. You never feared Dwight Howard? Not in the later years, no. Well, I'm talking about Orlando years. When he was dominant, oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. I'd say they're pretty comparable, except the fact that Anthony Davis obviously is a way light-year better shooter. Yes. Um, But I want to I want to toss out some players' names and talk, because we, we don't get to just talk okay. about NBA players enough. Um, You know how rough I am on certain players. Yes, you are. And, and I am that way for a reason, because if you want to be the greatest, if you want to be... I mean, honestly, you can call your GOAT, whatever you want to call your GOAT. Yeah. No one has ever had a mentality better than Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that mentality, that's okay. There mm-hmm. are other reasons to live, aside right. from being the best. Um, because you can argue that Kobe spent his entire life trying to be the best and never reached it, but he's thriving off the court now. But that's like the conversation we had last week about Steph, where like Steph is giving up so yes. much because he wants to win rings. He's giving up the idea of being in the GOAT conversation because he'd rather win rings and have fun. Yeah, agreed. Um, so we're going to toss out some names, and we're just going to talk about guys. We're just going to do a new segment that Derek likes to call, uh, Fuck This Guy or Is He Kind of Cool? Is <laughs> <laughs> um, this guy or is he kind of cool? Yeah, there it is. Boom, done, cut yeah. it. Um, first guy I want to talk about is Cat. Okay. I don't know what to do about Cat. Now, are Carl you. Carl Anthony Towns. Now, talent alone, 
He is top five talent. No, he's not. You don't really talent alone. He's top five in the NBA. You're the one has said that if you were starting a franchise, it I would, would take be, Anthony Davis. Yeah, and the second one would be Cad. I've heard you say that before. Well, okay. Here's what I'll say. I'm definitely changing that because I <laughs> believe that I said most people would take Cat. Like I, I've said this thousands of times. Yes, you have. So I promise you, in one of those iterations, if not all of them, I had said Cat deserves to be in that conversation of number one, mm-hmm. putting him near number two. Right. Um, I'm changing a lot of my mentality in the way that, like, I don't enjoy certain guys anymore as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And you'll understand who I'm talking about in this list. But Cat, I don't think he's ever going to touch what we want him to be ever is because of the situation or because of his mentality of how he plays this Jimmy Butler situation, uh, which if you guys don't understand what I'm talking about, it was Jimmy Butler basically beating the starters for the Timberwolves with a bunch of B players and saying, y'all need me and then getting traded to Philly. And the Timberwolves were kind of, but, um, I, I personally think, him and Andrew Wiggins are weak mentally, and I don't ever think the Tim. We're never going to see the Timberwolves team we wanted to see. Well, yeah, because Andrew Wiggins did not turn out to be the guy that we all thought he was going to be. That's- does he? Does he turn into that guy if he stays in Cleveland real quick? <laughs> I love that question. I do too. I don't because think- basically Cleveland gave up a quote unquote future for a championship. Yeah, that's true. Although. I would be intrigued to see how Kevin Love would interact with Cat. I feel like that would be a great combo if they would have stayed together. Yeah. Um, I, personally, okay, here's my question. All right. This team right now, the Timberwolves, okay. I mean, do they ever do anything meaningful? Do they ever go on a run that makes you excited? Do they ever win a chip? Do they ever get close to an MVP for Cat? This team right now, no. Unless Cat somehow is able to change his game physically to the point where he just becomes the dominant self that we all believe him to be because some of us believe i i he has everything that you could want in the type of player that we all know he could be it's just getting that mentality over him because he can be a leader it's just for some reason he's never been able to take it and i think i for weirdly enough think that jimmy butler getting traded was the best thing that could have happened to him because that takes that alpha mentality out of it and that forces him to be that type of person because cat someone has the same mindset that Giannis does where he doesn't want to you know leave that small area he likes being where he is he's one of those guys that likes being the face of a franchise but he's not acting like it Giannis Antetokounmpo has turned down multiple opportunities to work out with other NBA stars and be in Space Jam and everything because he says, fuck you, I'm going to beat you. Right. He doesn't have, Cat does not have that mentality. Carl Anthony Town would have said yes to Space Jam. Absolutely. (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns does not have the same mentality as Giannis. I'm talking about their situations that they're in, but the difference is, is that Giannis took it and put it a massive chip on his shoulder with it. Cat kind of took it and said, I'm comfortable here. Let's let's branch off cat. Okay. Let's go uh, to my next favorite big man to hate. Um, I personally don't think he is as good as everyone says because they call him they call him one of the most dominating centers of all time. If he gets his shit together, is Joel Embiid. Mm. I think that whole process is overrated, and we've talked about this multiple times. I think the 76ers are drastically past the point of being this cute young process team that's true but at least the difference between Joel Embiid and Cat is that Joel Embiid has shown talent and been able to somewhat lead a team he has a killer's mentality he has a killer's mentality it's just it's just how is he going to kill you is it yeah Twitter or is it through actual basketball yeah see I think he has the killer mentality but I think he puts it in the wrong ways if that makes sense yeah I can agree with that my whole issue with the Sixers doesn't really come down to anything because I love Jimmy Butler and I was with my buddy Ty who's from Philly when they won the Butler sweepstakes the issue with me with the process is that everyone goes the process the process the process and it was cool like Hinky you know Hinky died so we all could live Sam Hinky's a genius the issue that I have with it is that they need to start doing things. This was the year, in my opinion. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Kawhi played out of his freaking mind. Unbelievable. Boston is a very good, very strong team. The East is getting better. Right. But the problem that I have with everything is that this should have been an not easy run for the Sixers. Easier. Easier. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I still had zero will 
for them to do it. You had zero faith in them just because of what they showed you previously. It's like 100%. it's like they added Jimmy Butler. You saw what they could do, but it's like Ben Simmons is still you don't see him taking that next step to be the type of player never. that we think he could be. You never see never. him. Never. I think Ben Simmons is as good as he will ever be. Ben Simmons and Andrew Wiggins are kind of like 1A and 1B in terms of disappointment. I don't hate that. Yeah. And everyone goes, well, Ben Simmons is a great this, great passer. No. Ben Simmons, I think, is the peak of what he'll be, and I think that's sad. That is very sad. Although, I will admit, and I am guilty of this too, players take time to develop. 100%. There's a lot of guys 100%. who are. There's a lot of guys who develop late and take their time and then turn out to be extremely good. I mean, Victor Oladipo is like the number one case for me when it comes to that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't hate it. I just think, uh, I, I just don't know what I feel about it. Um, let's branch off. Let's go over to... Um, it could be one of those yep. things where both of them need to get out of the situations they're in. I think Cat does. I don't think... Uh, oh, I was referring to Wiggins and yeah, Simmons. I'm just but railing all over, guys. That's fine. I was going to go Cat and Bead, Wiggins. Uh, Simmons. I think Cat needs to stay. I think Wiggins needs to go. I think Embiid needs to stay, and I think Simmons needs to go. Okay, so it's like maybe those two guys, because of the fact that they have to share the spotlight with them, is might be holding them back. Even though Wiggins and Simmons aren't in that same category in terms of dynamic players, yep. because Simmons at least showed something. Wiggins is just there. Could be. I I, I think it easily easily could be. Mm-hmm. Um, let's branch off. Let's find another guy. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. So I was actually going to oh. ask, there could be a guy that you could see maybe next year take that next step just based off of highlights that you saw. Is there a guy? Yeah, because I, I have one, and I know you might roll your eyes on me for it just because I'm going to come. It's going to be that. No, I like comparison. D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> was that it? No. Oh, dang. <laughs> you know, um, if I had to pick a guy that based off this year is going to take the next step next year. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I, I really, there's a couple young guys I really, really want to be good. There's a one young guy that I really want to be good and is actually my pick. Uh, I think I know who it is, but I have two. So go ahead and name your pick. Laurie Markkinen. It is not my pick. Okay, then. I like that pick. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. I, I like the Bulls a lot this summer. There are some games that I watched him play where he just looked dominant. And there's and he is that perfect stretch four that you want in your lineup. Yeah. And and it it's, he's dark. It's it does. It sounds so cliche to say, but he is a, he is essentially dark. And he's what Kristaps would have been if he wasn't getting in fist fights and having sexual allegations exactly. railed at him. Exactly. Um, no, I like Laurie Marketing. He mm-hmm. slipped. He fell to the Bulls. They have a good core. I think the Bulls need to bring Derrick Rose back after everything, even though Derrick Rose a, still has all his altercations. They need, a, be, they need a better point guard option because Chris Dunn has been kind of a bust, and Zach yeah. Le- Zach Levine can only take you so far. That dude's been weird. Yeah. I like Zach Levine, though. I think he's turning his game into something that's actually serviceable. I do, too, but he's not a predominant number one. I think God, they, no. that's definitely something that they should address in the draft. Like, if Darius Garland fell to them, that'd be a miracle. So, here are the two names that I was thinking, and then I'll pick another guy. Okay. Name number one was going to be Devin Booker. Okay. I mean, he had a 50-point game. He's obviously one of the premier shooting guards in the NBA. He needs a team around him. And now that Josh Jackson actually seems to be developing, and now mm-hmm. that they have DeAndre Ayton, and they still have a pretty decent pick this upcoming I think, year. I think they need someone to be a primary ball carrier because I think Devin Booker should worry more about shooting instead of being a passer, yeah, if that makes sense. I agree sense. with that. Yeah. Um, and the other name was going to be De'Aaron Fox. I love De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Super fast. He's a... Russell Westbrook is his comp for me. Yeah, I I watched. uh, I think I watched one game Sacramento played on ESPN, and he is so much fun to watch pass. But the guy that I'm gonna pick is Miles Bridges. Really, Um, that's had an insane rookie year. Mm -hmm. Um, Up for play or up for rookie of the year. Um, Obviously, the 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 name that we're gonna. I mean, guys, I'd be stupid not to name Luka Doncic here. Right. Like, I'd be stupid not to name Trey Young. I Mm -hmm. get that. Yeah. But the reason I like Miles Bridges is that when he was with the uh, Grizzlies. Um, you kind of were still like, eh, that's an okay pick by the Grizzlies. Like, right. we'll see how he turns out. And for him to be in the conversation, or no, he made all rookie team. That's I what was, it was. I was heartbroken to see him like get traded from Philadelphia when they draft him because he yes. was so excited to be drafted so excited. by them. Yeah. The process, he was so happy. Yeah, because that was his hometown team and so everything. Now you have the Grizzlies have him. And Jaron Jackson. And Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have John Moran. And they're going to get rid of Mike Conley's contract, which means they can get another big man. Right. In my opinion. I think they get rid of Conley easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I just really... I, I don't know much about the kid, but I hated seeing him get traded on draft. I hate that. I didn't enjoy watching the Grizzlies ever since Gasol left. Right. Just because I, that was the only reason. See, I loved it when Gasol and Randolph were together. They were just oh, fun. They were awesome. so fun when they were in their prime. 
Yeah. I just personally, I don't know. I like Miles Bridges. I like his story. I like that he made uh, the all rookie team, and mm-hmm. I think that he, uh, I think he's got room to grow in a sense that we see what he can become very easily. Mm-hmm. And I hope the Grizzlies are back in the mix. Yes, he's one of those guys that will definitely like the more development he gets, the more of a primary like person that he's going to become he wasn't a top five pick because we said like all top five guys were first team nba which is the first time that's ever happened but at the same time though like he has the talent and it's like one of those things that if you have that one elite level thing then the game around you will develop slowly as it becomes a thing let's talk a little fantasy football we have about 10 minutes left in the show or so that day flew by damn uh, it did mm-hmm. it did the wine. the wine yeah the wine definitely the wine helped. helped out mm. um so fantasy football, Greg. Mm-hmm. I told you that we're going to be doing. Uh, basically, I'm going to be popping out like daily questions, just because I, I want to talk more about it. But I'm going to toss out some names here. Uh, some guys, and I, uh, let's just talk. Curtis Samuel. We talked about him a little bit. Yeah, the you, love for him. You, I don't get you, it. You have a hatred for it. I could tell. So here's what it comes down to with Curtis Samuel, guys. If you don't know, he's a wide receiver out of Ohio State for the Carolina Panthers. He'll be going into his third year, I believe. That was a second. Second I, year. Yeah, I could be wrong. Let's go with second year. Um, I I guess I could use the Google machine. Curtis Samuel. Samuel. So basically, gadget guy, great athlete. He uh, date joined twenty fourteen. That's not true. He left school in twenty seventeen, so it's two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, he hasn't really been able to do much there. He is behind DJ Moore when it comes to receivers. He's behind arguably arguably the best back in the NFL. And Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. He's a gadget type player. Mm-hmm. He's very good, very athletic. I don't understand why every fantasy outlet is praising his name as if he did something. And you talk about, I think to be a wide receiver too, you have to average 14 points a game. And I think he did that three or four games last year. Mm-hmm. He averaged above 14, where like, but see, people here, are screaming his name. I don't get it. Here's where the screaming comes from, though. You're combining the fact that in those four games that he may have put up wide receiver two numbers where it was like 14 points, he put up ridiculous numbers. It was like 30 at some point, too. And I think it's the combination of when you see that 30 number and then you combine it with where he was drafted. I think he was a second-round pick for the Panthers. You combine that, you realizing, okay, they like this guy and he yeah. has the talent. You're just hoping for consistency. Yeah, I get that. And I understand that. And I know that I'm being more of a hater than an understater. Which nothing wrong with that. No, it's just one of those things where I don't get why. Here's, here's more my issue with I think him. he's more of like he's the hidden gem that a lot of guys are trying to point out as exactly. like hey keep your eye on this guy exactly. he he may not have put up the numbers that we expected him to but hey he was a former second round pick he put up really strong numbers yards on certain, senior year yeah, Ohio State he put up really strong numbers on a certain game like do not sleep on this guy and then because you hear so many people say don't sleep on this guy don't sleep on this guy don't sleep on this guy it starts getting ingrained in fantasy owners opinions of like huh maybe i should give this guy a chance agreed um so my issue with samuel it comes down to uh really and i'm gonna google real quick just to check it comes down for me to the players adp okay if you do not know what that means it is their average draft position so last year curtis samuel had 148 fantasy points he had eight rushes for 84 yards and two touchdowns he had five touchdowns in the air on 39 receptions and 494 yards 150 fantasy points is not bad. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It's honestly, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, When you think of, like, certain guys that are drafted around where he was drafted last year. Right. Curtis Samuel ADP right now. Shout out to fantasypros.com. I love them. Let's look at what he's... just, just for just a reminder, ADP is like the overall number. Like, if you're going from, like, 1 all the way to, like, 24, 25, the 26 overall pick, it's not, like, round... Well, it gives you a number, so it'd be like that's what I meant. Like there's the, the, over, one, the it, overall pick, not like the round of like yeah. Average, okay, I'm sorry. It, it, you're good. Yeah. He's overall in PPR. Okay, he's being drafted the 135th pick. So if you have 10 guys in a league, that is the 13th round. Fifth that's pick. not bad for a 13th round flyer, though. That is not. Yeah, that is not at all. No. The problem I have with it is. People are praising this dude as if it's going to be the, like this. I just hate, I hate fantasy football outlets because it's like, check out this crazy sleeper that you could have on your team. And they name 
every freaking player that is a wide receiver too that is fast. <laughs> and they name every running back that's a handcuff. And it's just so done before. It's so annoying me. And Curtis Samuel, don't get me wrong, could be good. But then you talk about the Cam Newton injury. So you have Will Greer coming in. Will Greer is going to lean on Christian McCaffrey. Right. That is just the game. But his deep ball might do Curtis. But then Cam plays. And Cam had his best year when Ted Ginn was there. He also had a really good year when Kelvin Benjamin was good because Kelvin Benjamin was like a cherry picker in the end zone. Yeah. So you're basically praying that Curtis Samuel takes on the Ted Ginn role and DJ Moore takes on everything else. And Greg Olson takes on the Benjamin role. And Olson's getting some injury looks up there for I a while just, now too. The only player on this team that I say I need – is McCaffrey. Yep. Moore is, is and we, I, I gave the comp of, everyone's talking about the ADPs. The ADP for someone like DJ Moore is probably going to be around the, the eighth round, I'd say. I'd still take that. Samuel in the 13th. I said it's kind of like Corey Davis and Tawan Taylor. Like, you're not going to not take Corey Davis yeah. because Tawan Taylor you can get later. Like, I don't get that. And you're basing it off almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But, and I put in the status... I said you're more likely to kick yourself on the games you played Samuel than kick yourself on the games you didn't play him and he's on your bench. That's a good way to look at it too because it's always one of those games where you take like a boomer bust prospect, you hope to God that you he breaks out, and then you have him on the bench on the day that he does break out. It's like son of a bitch. Here's what I said, and I hope no one gets offended by this. If you're playing Curtis Samuel in your flex, you're a pretty shitty drafter. Yeah. Not not and I'm not saying that like halfway through the year or right. if, he, if if DJ Moore goes down and Curtis Samuel's the number one, then yes, that is correct. But what it comes down to is I just don't believe Curtis Samuel carries any weight for fantasy value outside of injury or current situation. Greg, because the audio didn't record, so we'll be freight up with everyone, we just spent a half hour talking fantasy football and none of it recorded. So we're shutting the show down because I want to get beer. Yeah, I don't blame you. You're probably livid right now. We had some good talks and back and forth right there. We did like an... We did basically a whole episode talking about fantasy football right there. I was like, I'm pretty bummed. Since fantasy football is my baby, I know exactly why this is happening. The USB port was on the wrong side of the computer. God damn it. All right. Today sucked all around. Terrible day, Greg. It was a very, very wet day, too. Terribly wet. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. Well, we're just going to use this moment to plug that we might have a fantasy football podcast back. I'd really like to have it. I think we had a fun time last time. We've got to make sure that Dre shows up on time, but I, I enjoyed it. I want to do that team-by-team team preview again like we did last year. That was a Maybe lot of we'll fun. do it Monday oh, draft day. Well, I'll find a time. Maybe we'll do it Sunday nights. Sunday nights, maybe we'll do a fantasy football podcast. I'd love to do one. It's just time constraint, but really it doesn't take that much time to just get people at my house. But we'll use the recording device that Greg Mack has, and we'll have a fantasy football podcast for you guys starting soon. I hate everything. Okay, Greg, <laughs> say bye to everyone. Bye, guys. Right. Thank you guys for listening to Two Beers Deep. We'll be back Thursday on Facebook. Not at Scratch Food and Beverage. Tune in. Check us out. Come hang out with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a live show. Just- yeah.